discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything He is. That is why He told Abraham, He said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave Himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God Himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. Hallelujah. I want to share concerning some very important things in the scriptures. Okay, Something very, very important. Something basic but very important. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm going to be sharing concerning how to train yourself spiritually. Okay, How to train yourself spiritually. Most of the time, people tell us what to do, but they don't tell us how to do what to do. It's not enough to know what to do. It makes all the difference to know how to do what to do. There, there are so many things that are around that um, man does not understand. Right? So someone can be just very healthy, very fine. You know, just some few minutes later, you hear, you know, something negative has happened. During the week, we we lost someone who very wonderful man of God. Precious man, I mean. He was the MC at our wedding, the wedding reception. Very lovely man of God. He just died, just like that. Terribly. No. Someone, there are things we don't understand. Related to man that we don't understand. You just sleep, you wake up with a terrible cough. And... You go to the hospital, they tell you something very serious, like some cancer is developing in your system. Hey, how did it get there? The world has various problems. We have economic crisis all over the world. I don't know if you've heard of it. Sometimes you don't even understand what you're talking about. What are they talking about? All you know is that it has to be converted into uh, how much the price of tomatoes costs now. Or how much the price of fuel costs, you know, fuel price now. You, you just that's how that's what makes you see, but you don't really see when it's coming. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, people have killed themselves and, and all kinds of things have happened because of some very wild economic crisis that happened over the years. You see. A lot of things that man does not understand. And the the reason is because man is a spirit. Man is essentially a spirit. He's that's that's who man is. Man is spirit. And there are a lot of things that, you know, all the things related to him are spirit. <laughs> man is not flesh and blood. Man goes beyond flesh and blood. The world we are living in is spirit. It's spiritual. I always use this example whenever I'm talking about this. What example do you think I'm going to use? The fact that this earth is stuck up in space. There's nothing holding it. They say that the earth is sitting on an axis. There's no axis upon which it is sitting. It's not sitting on anything. Those who have gone into space have taken pictures and have shown that it's just a round ball, spherical ball, stuck up in there, in space, going on a certain orbit. But the orbit is not seen, it's not visible. 
there's not a physical orbit that you have the, 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 the earth going through. There's nothing like that. What is holding it? We are in the center of the earth. Ghana finds itself in the center of the earth. Okay? And considering where we are, we are actually on the side of the sphere. We are supposed to be falling off. How come you're not falling off? How come you're comfortable? You can sit down and be happy and walk and drive your car and your car will not fall off the earth. How come? What is holding all these things? This is called gravity. Isn't it? Dark words. Dark matter. All kinds of things. But they, the science knows that there's, there's a point where they cannot explain certain things. It just, it just goes beyond them. You cannot test them in the laboratory. It's not possible. Because life is spiritual. Man is spirit and everything concerning him is spirit. He's not, he's not a physical being. He has a physical sign. But that is not who, only, that's not all that he is. He's more than that. Hallelujah. And the earlier we learn or understand what it means, what the life of the spirit means, we will not have the advantage or have the, the, the capacity to do well as we are supposed to. Because life is spiritual. Life is spiritual. How many of you know money is spirit? Yeah. Money is spirit. Money is not what you have in your pocket. It goes beyond that. It goes beyond the paper. Do you know money goes beyond the paper? How do you know money goes beyond the paper? <laughs> money goes beyond the paper. It's not paper. It's more than paper. The paper is just uh, the physical representation of what money really is. Money is spirit. If you read the Bible, the Bible lets us know that money is spirit. God calls it a God. See, it's the God of money. There's, there's, there's a spirit behind money. Money is actually value. Okay? There's value. You see, your currency will not be anything unless it is backed with a certain kind of value. And that value is estimated in people's minds. It's an estimate. Why do we say dollar is very big? It is our estimate. Do you understand? It is our estimate. There's something backing the dollar. That makes it what it is. Hallelujah. Life, I want you to know that life is spiritual. Life is essentially spiritual. Okay? Life is essentially spiritual. And the earlier we start becoming aware of what we can do to have the influence we ought to have on the physical, the, the better. You see, life is spiritual. Everything about you. Everything about you. Where do thoughts come from? Can you test thoughts in the lab? Where do emotions come from? Your emotions. Where do they come from? Can emotions be tested in the lab? Have you ever seen anything like that? <laughs> These are things that cannot be, they go beyond the physical. And it's because man is spirit. Man is what? A spirit. Man is spirit. Look at Job chapter 32. Let's read verse 8. Job chapter 32, verse 8. He says, But there is a spirit in man. There is a spirit in what? In man. There is a spirit in man. That's what I want you to say. There's a spirit in man. Man is not just flesh and blood. Physical. There's a spirit in man. Man is spirit. It says, and the inspiration of the Almighty giveth them understanding. It is the inspiration, the breathing, the outbreathings of the Almighty is what gives him understanding. Man is spirit. Man is a spirit. It says, there's a spirit. But there's a spirit in man. 
and the inspiration of the Almighty giveth them understanding. Look at Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27. That spirit of man that is in man happens to be the candle of the Lord. Proverbs 20, 27. Look at it. The spirit of man. So this one also confirms the fact that man is a spirit. It says the spirit of man is what? Is a candle of the Lord, or the lamb of the Lord. And it says he uses that that candle to search all the inward parts of the belly, all the inward parts of the man, all the things that concern the man. Man is a spirit. And the inspiration of the Almighty giveth him understanding. That spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. It is the light of the Lord to show him what to do with his life. If you want to know what to do with your life and how to function, it has to, you have to find out from your spirit. Not from your mind, not from your, your, your flesh, not from what is happening around you. Hallelujah. Say man is spirit. Say I am a spirit being. Say it again. I am a spirit being. Yeah, because you are a spirit being. Okay? Have you ever seen God before? The Bible says that God is a spirit. If you read in John chapter 4, verse 24. Look at John 4, 24. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit. And in truth, God is a spirit. Do you see? Have you seen? He says, God is what? A spirit. God is a spirit. How many of you believe that it's God who created man? If God is the one who created man, and the Bible says that he created him after his image, and after his likeness. And God is a spirit. What do you think man will be? Man will have to be, be spirit. Hallelujah. God is a spirit. If God is a spirit. And if we were created after him. Then we are also spirit. Look at Hebrews chapter 12. I want to show you as many scriptures as possible. Okay, Hebrews chapter 12. Look at verse 9. He says, furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? God is called the Father of spirits. His fatherhood is not of the flesh. You have a father of your flesh. Your father, the one who gave birth to you, is your father, the father of your flesh. The Bible says they discipline, they discipline us after their own will. But there's a father of your, of your spirit. There's someone who is in charge of your spirit. And that person is called God. Man is a spirit. God leads man through his spirit. Not through his physical flesh or what's around him, but through his spirit. The spirit man is a candle, is a lamb of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. It is the inspiration of the Almighty that giveth that man understanding. You see, the day Adam sinned, you see, Adam, Adam was made a spirit. The Bible mentions in, in, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. That God, after he had formed man out of the dust of the earth, breathed into his, into his nostrils the breath of life. And the Bible says that, and a man became a living soul. He became a living soul. He was not a living soul before. He became. He was spirit. When the spirit entered the body, entered the flesh, the, 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 the reaction between the spirit and the flesh produced something called the soul. Do you see? So that the soul, the spirit, and the body can exist together the, what, what the linkage between the spirit of man and the body of man is a soul I saying it without the soul the spirit man cannot have access to this world he cannot relate to this world do you understand what I'm saying that is his access his access to the world is through his soul the soul is where your emotions are the soul is the place or the house where your mind is stored there's a difference between your mind and your brain. The mind cannot be seen in the lab. The brain can be seen in the lab. 
the soul is the house of the mind, and it is the house of the of the of the of your of your will. The, your will cannot also be tested in the lab. These are spiritual things. These are things that are of the spirit. You see, they are of the spirit. They are not physical. You, you cannot see them with your physical eye. How can you check someone's will? Do you know how where the person's will is found in the, in a system? Where is the soul? Where is the person's soul? The person's soul is not in his mind. When we say soul, most of us think about the mind or the brain. When we say where is your mind, you point to the side. Your mind is not here. This is where your brain is. <laughs> Hallelujah. But as to where the mind is, you cannot tell. So your soul houses your mind, it houses your, your emotions, is the seat of your emotions and the seat of your will. Okay? Now, if you read in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, let's, let's read it. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, let's read from verse 13. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. See, see, I'm a spirit. I'm a spirit. Say it again. I'm a spirit. This is we having the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing that we, he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. Verse 16 is what I really want you to see. Okay? He says, For which cause we feign not, but though our outward man perishes. Yet our inward man is renewed day by day. It says, for which cause we fail not. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Two men, isn't it? The outward man and the inward man. Who is the outward man? The outward man is your body. With his five senses. That's your outward man. And your inward man is your spirit. With his soul. Okay? Your outward man is your body, this body of yours, with his five senses. And your inward man is your spirit with his soul. The inward man is a spirit and the soul. These are things that cannot be seen. That's why they are called the, the, the inward man. They are inward. They cannot be seen physically. That's why they are called the inward man. They are hidden. In in first Peter chapter chapter three. Look at first Peter chapter three. Let's read verse verse four so that it makes we can get it done quickly, okay? First Peter 3, 4. He says, let's read from verse 1, so that it makes it, makes it nicer. He's, he's advising ladies, and he says something very, very important. He says, likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may, may without the word be warned by the conversation of the wives. Verse 2. While they behold your chaste conversation, coupled with fear, your chaste lifestyle coupled with fear, whose adorning, he says, the adorning should not be the outward adorning of plating the hair and of wearing of gold and of putting on of apparel. Is he saying we shouldn't do that? You shouldn't do that. That's not what he's saying. He's saying that don't let your beauty be based on your hairstyle. Your outward man, just decorating the outward man. Plenty pawns with plenty lipstick. Always... Some ladies can take about five hours just getting their hair and their face done. He says, don't let your adorning be the outward. You are just beautifying the clay. There's something that goes beyond the clay. If the, if the spirit and the soul leave, out, leave and go away, the body will just be here. It's called death. Death is the separation of the spirit and the soul from the body. The body will just be lying down. Nothing. It's just, it's just stored here. It, 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 it gets destroyed with time. But there's someone, there's someone who's causing you to see and look through your eyes 
and hear there's someone who is using your body is just a container being used by your inward man it's just a container to be able to have access to this earth how can you touch this chair without a hand do you see if you are going to touch the chair you need a hand to be able to touch the chair who is the one wanting to touch the chair the one wanting to touch the chair is not your body there's someone controlling your brain causing your brain giving your brain the information concerning what he wants to do then your brain takes it to your body depending on which part of your body needs to do what and then it does that but you are not a body you are more than a body this is just access this is just a means of accessing the earth that's all that's what this is hallelujah but let it be the hidden man of the heart this not not the outward adorning but let it be the hidden man of the heart there's someone who is hidden he's called the hidden man of the heart that's what i'm talking about he is in charge he says in that which is not corruptible this guy is not corruptible even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit which is in the sight of god of great price hallelujah Hallelujah. praise the lord see i'm a spirit being being. i have a soul and I live in a body. So your body is the place of your of your abode. It's your tabernacle. Paul calls it our tabernacle. He talks about putting off this tabernacle. Because it's our earthly house. It's so temporary, he calls it a tent. A tent cannot be compared to a house. There's another body for us in the heavens, which is called a house. All that is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Okay? Now that's all my focus for today. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. There's a spirit in man. There's a spirit in man. There's a spirit in man. And the inspiration of the Almighty giveth him understanding. You see, I mentioned to you that the outward man is the body with his five senses. The inward man is a spirit with a soul. What is the soul to the inward man? The soul to the inward man is just like the senses are to the body. See, the body without without your senses, your five senses, your body cannot relate to this world. You can have a body. Have you seen someone who cannot feel before? Have you seen some before? Some people cannot feel. They cannot feel. They don't. You touch them and they don't know you've touched them because their sense of touch is dead. So even though their body is here, there was a day I met a certain man, very lovely man. Someone I'm related very close to. And uh, he had developed diabetes. And he was sitting, he was just sitting, and termites were climbing his legs. And he didn't know that termites were climbing his legs. They were chewing him. His legs were bleeding. But he didn't know. He was, he was just looking somewhere else and uh, just thinking about something else. But they were chewing his feet, and he couldn't feel it. I was surprised. When we saw, we were all shocked. There were about hundred of them all around chewing him for blood to come out of the system, and he didn't notice. He didn't know. He didn't know. He didn't know what was going on because he had lost a sense of touch around that area. So no matter how wonderful the body is, without a sense of touch, he, he can't do some things. Without a sense of sight, if you have you seen people who cannot see before, they cannot see all these beautiful things that are around, all these nice things that are around us. They can't see it. So even though they have a body, because they've lost the sense of seeing, the sense of sight, they cannot relate to this world. The means of relating to this world, the body relates to this world through its five senses. Without the senses, the body cannot relate to this world. Hallelujah. Without the sense of hearing, 
I mean, sound will mean nothing to you, let alone language. You can't hear sound. Therefore, you cannot determine whether that sound coming is a language or not. Not all sound is language. Hallelujah. But all language is sound, sometimes. Because sign language is not sound. (laughs) Hallelujah. What am I saying? Your soul is just like your senses to your spirit. Okay? Now, you can focus in this. What we do in this world is to focus on building up our senses and building up our body. Everything is designed for that. Our education system is for that. Isn't it? Why, when you go to school, all those of you have left school. What, what happened to you in school? Did you, edu- did you educate your spirit in any way? You didn't educate your, the education is not spiritual. It's not spirit focused. It's flesh, it's outward man focused. How, how do they train? They train you to be able to notice opportunity. To be able to understand the things that are around you. If you went to study science, you went to study things around you. In the, in the world. Not in the spirit. In the world. If you went to study economics, what did you study? You studied how the world functions along the lines of money. That's all you studied. If you went to study engineering, you studied something concerning how uh, uh, engines work. How machines work how whether it's electrical engineering you study how electricity works hallelujah that's what you did you that you study something that is in the world is world is world focused all our education is world focused from from the very age we go to we enter school to the day we leave school everything is flesh focused outward man focused not inward man focused so you can be you can be in this world be a child of God, and all your training is only the outward man and not the inward man. You see, your inward man has eyes. Just like your outward man does. Did you have to learn how to walk? You had to learn how to walk. Didn't you learn how to walk? You had to learn how to use your legs, isn't it? You had to learn how to use your hands. You see, we check when, when a child is going, they check your coordination. They check whether your hands are working, whether your ears are working. You know, there's a way to check. You check whether the child can hear by, by doing this. If the child moves, you know that the child can hear sound. If he's not moving, that means there's a problem. Isn't it? Yeah. They, they check your senses. They find out whether things are working. Do you see? And help you along a certain line. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But your spirit man can be trained. Your sense, your spiritual senses can be trained. And that's what I want to talk about. Your spiritual senses can be trained. You can be trained how, how to see in the spirit. You can be trained to hear in the spirit. You can be trained to use your, your, your spiritual capabilities. Because they are there. They exist. They exist. They are there. Hallelujah. Look at Matthew chapter 13. Matthew 13. Let's read from verse 14. Jesus spoke a parable. The disciples asked him, why do you keep speaking to these people in, in, in parable? In parables. What did Jesus say? He says, he answered and said, this from verse 11. He says, he answered and said unto them, because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it is not. It is not given. Continue. For whosoever has to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever has not from him shall be taken away, even that he has. 
Therefore speak I unto them in parables. Because they seeing, see not. It says they are seeing, but they don't see. And hearing, they hear. They hear not. Neither do they understand. What is, he, what is Jesus talking about? He says that they are seeing, but they see not. They are seeing with their outward man. With the, their eyes are functioning. Their eyes are working. But the eyes of their spirit cannot see. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And hearing, they hear not. They are hearing, but they cannot hear. Their physical one is working, but the spiritual one is not working. Can a believer be like that? Emphatically, yes. A believer can be seen with his physical eyes, but his spiritual eyes may be shut. He may have shut his spiritual eyes. Because he may not have been taught to use them, how to use them. You see. He says they do not understand. There's there's something called spiritual understanding. Do you understand with your mind, with your brain, this brain of yours? The outward man has his own understanding. You see, the key to making it in school or to making it in life is to have understanding concerning various things, isn't it? If you don't understand, for instance, I I won't employ you if you don't know what you say you you went to school to study. If you don't have understanding concerning, you don't know how to apply, they say apply. You learn something in school, you must be able to apply. The ability to apply is is, is wisdom. Isn't it? There's a wisdom of the world. There's the, there's the understanding of the world. You can have understanding. Oh, this. Do you understand? When I, I ask, I'll be talking. Do you understand what I'm saying? You say, Oh, yes. Why is it like that? Because you have a mental putting together of what I'm talking about. You can put it together. You can put A and B and C together and realize that okay, this is how, this is how it works. This is how it flows. Do you see? And we are trained like that. There's physical understanding and there's spiritual understanding. Look at Colossians the one. We'll come back to this. Colossians one nine. You see the the element of spiritual. You're, you can have spiritual understanding. And you can have physical understanding. Since for this cause, we also, since the day we had it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding, even with respect to knowledge, there's physical knowledge and there's spiritual knowledge. There's physical knowledge, spiritual knowledge, physical wisdom, spiritual wisdom. There's physical understanding, there's spiritual understanding. Most of the things in the, in the flesh give you an idea of what actually happens in the spirit. With a spiritual understanding. He says, they do not understand what I'm saying. In John chapter 1 verse 11, the Bible says that Jesus came unto his own, but his own received him not. Why did they not receive him? Because they could not recognize him. They didn't see, they couldn't see, they didn't, see, even though they were seeing him, they didn't know who he was. They, didn't, they couldn't see beyond their physical. So there was a day Peter said to Jesus, because Jesus had asked, you know, who, who do men say that I am? Some, some said, oh, some, some say that you are Elijah. Some say that you are this, the, the prophet that is to come. Then he said, but who do you say that I am? And Peter said that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And then Jesus said that flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. It cannot be, it is not, it's not physical. It's not of the flesh. It's not of the natural. This is spiritual knowledge. The knowledge you just received is from God. It's not from any physical man. Flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my Father, which is in heaven, He's the one who has revealed it to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It says they are, they, are, they, are, they are seeing, but they cannot see. They are hearing, but they cannot hear. They cannot understand. Go back to that place. Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. We're reading verse 14. He says, and in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which said, By hearing you shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing you shall see, and shall not perceive. Verse 15. 
For these people's hearts as wax grows, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. He's talking about the spirit. He's not talking about physical things. Of course, they are not closed their physical eyes. He says, their eyes have they closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their hearts, and should be converted that I should heal them. In John chapter 3, Jesus met someone called Nicodemus. A man called Nicodemus. He came to Jesus by night. You know, and said so many wonderful things about Jesus that no man can do these things except God be with him. You know? And as he was praising Jesus and talking about, go to verse 2. The same came to Jesus by night. Nicodemus came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher from, come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. He knew, he, he was acknowledging the fact that these things are not ordinary. How can a blind eye be, 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 be healed? It's not, it doesn't make sense. Physically speaking, scientifically speaking, it doesn't work. It doesn't make sense. The guy is blind. There's no means by which he's going to see again. Because you don't sell eyes in the, in the shop. Eyes are not sold in the pharmacy shop. If you lose yours, it's gone. But Jesus came. The guy didn't have eyeballs. He created eyeballs, gave it to him, and told him to wash his face. He did, and the guy came seeing. Someone had not walked his entire life. Jesus prays for him, and he starts walking. What principles was he using? What were the principles he was using? How, How was he doing it? And these are real things. These are things that really happened around them. They saw it. And they acknowledge, they, they realize that there's something that this guy is using that we are not using. So Jesus' spirit was awake. His spirit was alive. He had a means of, of, of influencing this physical world. Our spirits are there to help us influence, not the other way around. Not for the world to influence us, or to change us, or to tell us what to do. In, we, it's, it's the reverse. The other, the other way is what is true. Because your spirit man is, has your body to use. The things in the world are not to limit us. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So, this guy came acknowledging that Jesus is very wonderful. He's very powerful. Look at the answer of Jesus. Verse 3 is to blow your mind. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He cannot see the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God will not be obvious to him. He can't see it. Until you are born again, your, the eyes of your understanding, the eyes of your spirit cannot be opened. Adam's sin blinded the whole of the race of man. That's what Adam's sin did. Adam's sin numbed man's spirit. You see, you remember he says that the spirit of man is a kind of the Lord. Isn't it? The spirit of God used, it, man's spirit was a light with, with which God used to help him live in this earth. Okay? But the day man sinned, that light was cut off. All spirits must receive their life from God. They are, the, the meaning for their real existence must come from God. But the day Adam sinned, that light was taken away. And in an effort for the spirit of man to find a way, to find a means of still being alive, or still relating to the earth, he started using only his senses, his five senses. He started relating to the earth only through his body. The only way he could get to God was through his body. Because the actual means of getting to God had been cut short. And he was looking for a means of getting to God once again. That's why it seems as though we are, we are, we are just bodies. A lot of people think that they are just bodies. Because they are blinded. They don't know. So Jesus said that, except you are born again, you cannot see. It will not be obvious to you. It cannot be obvious to you. 
because you're not born again. The born again experience is what makes, brings you alive into the spirit. You become alive spiritually. When a man becomes born again, he's awakened to the fatherhood of God. His, 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 he, he comes back to his origin. Do you see? So Jesus said, accept a man, but you can, he cannot. He cannot see, let alone enter. The king of God cannot be, cannot be revealed to him. He cannot see. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Another interesting scripture. 1 Corinthians 2.14. It's very interesting. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, I'll train myself spiritually. Say it again. I'll train myself spiritually. It says, but the natural man receiveth not the things of God. The natural man receiveth not the things of God. Who is a natural man? A natural man is the one who is focused only on the outward man. The natural man is, is receiving all the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him. The things of God are foolishness unto him. What did they do to Jesus when he came? The Bible says that there was a day Jesus went to the temple. Saw a woman who was bent double. I mean, the woman was really bent. Bent, 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 bent like this. And she had been in that situation for a long time. A very, very long time. When Jesus saw him, just, when Jesus saw her, he just touched her. The Bible says that he touched her and she straightened up. The woman was walking like this all her life. Jesus touched, touched her and then she straightened up. By what means? What did he use? When that happened, the Bible says that the, the, the ruler of the synagogue, the ruler of the temple in that place, said that there are six days for us to work. In those six days, come and be healed, not on the seventh day. This is the Sabbath. Don't come for your healing on the Sabbath. That man was callous. Something great like this has happened for someone. His interpretation of it was, don't come. Just come, come in the six days. It's foolishness unto him. He doesn't understand it. He can't, he can't even be happy for the one who was having that trouble. He can't. Hallelujah. There was this man who was born blind. John chapter 9. The guy was born blind. Jesus, Jesus' disciples were walking by. They saw the man and they asked Jesus, was this man born blind because of his, the sin of his parents? What was it? You know, they, were, they had enough wisdom not to say it was from God. They asked, yes, the disciples were smart. You know, all those things that people say that, oh, God is the one who, God did, God did it. They didn't ask that foolish question. Look at it. Look at it. John chapter 9, verse, 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 let's read from verse 1. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. From birth, the guy was blind. He couldn't see, he couldn't use his sense of sight. And the disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents? That he was born blind. You see, they, they took God out. God was not in perspective here. Who did sin? Was this this man or his parents that he was born blind? Look at Jesus' answer. Jesus answered, Neither has this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Then he put the full stop there. Have you seen the full stop? Because of that, some people say that God does these things to people. When someone is born maimed or born blind or born deaf, it is God's work. God has done it so that his life will be used for the glory of God. It's not true. That's not what Jesus said. If the disciples had enough wisdom not to include God, why would God include himself? <laughs> That's not what he's saying. He says, look at this, this is the actual thing. The punctuation is wrong. He says, Jesus answered, Neither has this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Comma, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. Do you understand that? 
for God's work to be made manifest in his life, I must work. Forget about who caused it. I am the solution. I've come into this world. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. I've come into this world now. Now, for that, for, for, for him to get a solution, I must work the work of the one who has sent me. One of his day. The night come and when no man can work. Do you understand it? So he wasn't saying for, for the work of God to be made manifest in his life, that is why he became blind. I'm, it doesn't even make sense if it reads like that. Hallelujah. This one also reads wrong. ASB says the same thing. All the, the, most of them say the wrong way. It's just one say, Jesus answered, neither did this, this man send nor his parents, but the works of God should be made manifest in him. Meaning that it's as though God made him blind so that God, God will use him for his glory. No. Is pain good? You know, some people do that. Some people say that. God put this pain on me to keep me humble. Brother, you don't need the pain to be humble. Your humility is not determined by the pain. God is not the author of disease and sickness. You have to get that straight. God is not the one who authors pain. He's not the origin of pain, suffering, death, sickness, weakness. No. There's a, it's called the king of terrors. There's a king of terrors. The devil is a king of terrors. And he has children of, he has sons. He has the first one, second one, third one. Hmm? Yeah. Okay, I think the message says it nicely. It says, Jesus said, you are asking the wrong question. You are looking for someone to blame. There is no such cause effect here. Look instead of for what God can do. Look in, you see, so he was smart. He got it right. Look instead for what God can do. Look at the next thing, verse 4. We need to be energetically at work for the one who sent me here. Working while the sun shines. When night falls, the work day is over. What was the night for? The night was not in the evening. He was not talking about the fact that you can only work during the day when the sun is there and you can't work in the night. We've proved it. We've proved that it's not true, isn't it? If you have light, you can work. Is it true? He was not talking about that. He was talking about his death, burial, and resurrection. He was talking about the fact that there's a time coming when you will not be able to do it because of death. When the disciples, when, when, when uh, 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 Judas brought the soldiers into the garden of Gethsemane to come and come and arrest him, what did he say? He said, this is the hour of darkness. He was not saying that because it was evening. He was saying that because that was the time for the devil to function. This is the time and the hour of darkness. Hallelujah. And that's what Jesus was talking about. The night comes when no man can work. There's a time coming when you cannot do what you are. When death comes, that's the end. You can't, you can't do what God has sent you to do anymore. Is it true? He says, I must work the works for the glory of God to be seen in his life. I, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night coming when no man can work. As soon as he said that, he touched the man and healed him instantly. When he had that spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the, with the clay. Verse 7. And said unto him, go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. This is the guy who didn't have eyeballs. His blindness was not because he had eyes and could not see. He didn't have any. He was born without eyes. So Jesus is the creator of the universe. He created man. He, he formed man out of the dust of the earth. He formed man out of clay. So he took clay, spat on it, molded it, and put some in his eye sockets and told him, go and wash in the pool of Siloam. When the guy went to wash, he came back seeing. And this miracle, this thing, this thing stunned everybody. When he came, look at, look at the next verse. So nice. The neighbors therefore, and they which were, which before had seen him, that he was blind, said, it's not this he that sat and begged. They couldn't tell. Is this the same guy or someone else? Because the guy was seeing now. That's how it will be in your life. Hallelujah. 
those who knew you will wonder, ah, is it you or is it not you? Is it you? Because they, they will see the glory of God in your life. In a very special way. They will wonder, is it, is it you or is it not you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some said, this is he. Others said, he is like him. But he said, I am he. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I see that happening in your life. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Go to the next verse. Verse 10. Therefore said they unto him, How were thine eyes opened? He answered and said, The man that is called Jesus meekly and anointed mine eyes and said unto me, Go to the pool of Siloam and watch. And I went and watched and I received sight. Now look at the reaction of the Pharisees along this line. The Pharisees and the Sadducees. Look at how they reacted to the. Is this not a wonderful thing? Is this not a glorious thing? Is this not something to be happy about? Look at what they said. They said unto him, Where is he? He said, I know not because Jesus, Jesus was not around. He had left. You know? So, if you go down, you see what I'm going to talk about now. The Pharisees took him and set them before him. The Pharisees, Sadducees, the rulers of the synagogue, set him before him. And he asked them, how, how did you say you received your sight? He narrated the story to them. They couldn't believe it. Then they brought his parents and asked his parents, are you sure your son was born blind? Are you really sure your son was born blind? Then they said, yes, our son was born blind. We, all we know is that he left the house not seen this morning. But came back seen. As well, he received his sight, we don't know. And they said that because they didn't want to be criticized or destroyed by the sight. Because they... <laughs> okay, let's read this. Nice. Then, again, the Francis also asked him how he had received his sight. He said unto them, he put clear upon my eyes, and I was washed, and do, do see. Hallelujah. <laughs> Verse 16. Therefore, says some of the Francis, this man is not of God, because he keepeth not the Sabbath day. Why were they behaving like that? Spiritual blindness. God was walking the earth and they couldn't see. Is it possible that God has passed by you in a setting where God is inside you and you can't see? Is it possible? This man is not sent of God because he kept on the Sabbath day. Others said, how can a man that is a sinner do such miracles? And there was a division among them. Verse 17. They say unto the blind man again, what seest thou of him that he has opened thine eyes? He said, he's a prophet. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received sight, his sight, until they had called his parents of him, the parents of him that had received his sight. Verse 19. And they asked him, saying, Is this your son, who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? How? His parents answered them and said, We know not, we know that this is our son. That's what that one we know. And that he was born blind. We know that one too. But by what means he now see it, we know not. Or how he's, or who, who has opened his eyes, we know not. He's, a, he's of age. Ask him now. <laughs> he shall speak for himself. Ask him. He's of age. Ask him. These words spoke, spoke his parents because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if any man did confess that he was Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. If they put you out of the synagogue, you are out. You are, you are, you are completely done. They can even kill you. Therefore, this, therefore said his parents, he's of age, ask him. Then again, called they the man. This was a third time. And said unto him, give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. Give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. Look at the man. This blind man there, he's so smart. He answered and said, whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. Do you want to be his followers as well? Come and follow. Look at the next thing. <laughs> <laughs> they said unto him, they again, what, did they, what did he do to you? How, how did he open your eyes? Verse 27, he answered them, I have told you already, and you did not hear. Wherefore would you hear it again? Will you also be disciples? Do you want to be disciples? Why are you asking me something? Do you want to be disciples? 
<laughs> and the way they insulted him, look at the next thing. <laughs> then they reviled him and said, Thou art his disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. We know that God spake unto Moses, but as for this fellow, we know not from whence he is. The man answered and said unto him, Why? Why? Hearing is a marvelous thing that he know not from whence he is, and yet he has opened my eyes. He preached, he, he really preached them. Now we know that God heard not sinners. But if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth. Since the world began, was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind? Since, since the earth. If this man was, were not of God, he could do nothing. If he was not from God, he could do nothing. They answered and said unto him, That was altogether born of sin, in sins. And as thou teachest, and they cast him out. You are born in sin. Come on, get out of this place. He preached a very lovely message to them. It has never been heard. How was Jesus doing the things he was doing? How was he doing it? He was activated spiritually. Why were these people? Why couldn't they understand what was going on? Because they had spiritual blindness, spiritual deafness. The natural man eh, received not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that we can preach to people and tell them that Jesus is coming and that? The heavens that we see will be melted like will be melt, melted with fire. The earth that we see will be melted with fire as well. The, the Bible says the heavens will be rolled like a carpet, and the earth will melt like wax. And they'll say, "Who? Oh, what are you talking about? Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die." When you die, it's just, it has ended. Nothing else. There's nothing else after. Hey, why is it like that? Their eyes, the eyes of the understanding, has been shut. They are spiritually blind. See, the purpose of the gospel is to open people's eyes. Open the eyes of their, their spirit. Because their spirit has eyes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Look at Acts chapter 26. Acts 26. Let's read from verse, verse 12. Go down to verse 17 so that we can read something short. Okay. Let's read from verse 16 now. Go to 16. All right. Before I read this to you, I want to give you a background to it. This is Paul talking about his conversion, how he, how he, how he got born again, how he changed. So this guy was set on a course to destroy the children of God, the saints. Whilst on his way to Damascus to go and persecute the church, even uh, some more over there, kill some more people over there. On his way, he met, he saw a great light. The Bible says that that light was brighter than the noonday sun. It was brighter than the sun at 12 o'clock. And he fell off his horse. When he fell off his horse, the Bible says that a voice spoke. Okay? A voice spoke. And that voice that spoke was like sound to those who were with him. He had others with him. They all fell off their horses. That sound came. People could hear the sound. They could hear a sound. But they could not hear what that sound meant. But Paul's ears, spiritual ears were opened to hear exactly what the sound meant. And the sound was actually Hebrew. Those other guys were Hebrew people. Hmm? Okay, go up. Go up to the place where he fell off his horse. On his way to Bestor. Go back to Bestor. I didn't want to read it, but let's read it, okay? Whereupon, as I went to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priest, at midday, O king, I saw in the way, a light from heaven, above the brightness of the sun, shining round about me and them which journey with me. 
Verse 14. And when we all were falling to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Now, he was hearing it in the Hebrew tongue. They couldn't hear anything. Let me show you the other place where he shows that they weren't hearing anything. Go to chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, I want my ears to open. I want my eyes to open. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 9, verse 6. Let's read, let's read from verse, from verse 3. Go to verse 3. So we understand it well. Okay. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you love Jesus? Ask anybody, do you love Jesus? Jesus. This is the most important knowledge you can have in your life. The fact, just thinking and remembering the fact that I'm a spirit being, I'm a spirit man. And that for me to have real success, I must function from the spirit, not from the flesh. You have to function from the spirit. If you don't function from the spirit, you'll be surprised. <laughs> if you base only all your life on the physical, you don't have a future. You don't. He says, and as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shine round about him a light from heaven. You remember we read this in the other side. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice say unto him, So, so why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks or kick against the nails. How can you be kicking against nails and not be hurt? The nails will not get hurt. You are the one who gets hurt. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what would thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Verse 7. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice. Hmm? Hearing a voice, but singing no man. Go to the next verse. And Saul arose from the earth. You see, they, they heard the sound. The Greek says they heard the sound, but they could not hear the, the Hebrew tongue that was being spoken. Hallelujah. Let me show you another. Okay, go, to, go, to, go. let's go. It says, and Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. Go to the next verse. Verse 9. And he was three days without food. Okay, let me show you another side. Hallelujah. They were hearing a voice, but they saw no man. Can you imagine how difficult it was for Paul to explain what he heard, that God had spoken to him? Because the others were there, but they didn't hear anything. That's how difficult it is sometimes for Christians. You know that God has spoken to you about something. But those who are around, it's like we're all in the same church we're all in the same service, ask the man of God is talking, you heard God talk to you about something that you should do, you tell someone, a person will tell you I don't know what you're talking about, why? the pastor didn't say that <laughs> hallelujah hmm. look at Acts chapter 22 I want to explain that particular portion to you very well, Acts chapter 22 let's read from verse 8 and I answered, who are thou Lord? he's relating the story here, he related it in the experience was in Acts chapter 9 he related it here in Acts chapter 22 and then related it in Acts chapter 26 as well and gave us different portions of what God said to him. Okay? So he says, Who art thou, Lord? And he said unto me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom thou persecutest. Verse 9. And they that were with me saw indeed the light. They saw the light because it was a light. It was a physical light that came. So they saw it. And were afraid, but they heard not the voice of him that spoke to me. Have you seen it? They heard not the voice. The other place was the sound. They could hear the sound. I know how the sound was. Or whatever it was. They saw the light, heard the sound, but they could not decode. They could not hear. Their ears were not open to hear the meaning. The, the guy was speaking in Hebrew tongue. 
And all of them were Hebrew guys, but they couldn't hear what was being said. Because God had picked Paul to open his ears and open his eyes. You see, and they that were with him saw in it the light and were afraid, but they heard not the voice of him that speak to me. They did not hear. When they arose, Paul said, Let's go to Damascus. There's a place that I'm supposed to be. There's a man called Ananias who is supposed to come to and come and come and lay. He started saying all these things, but they didn't hear anything. Why? Because their ears were closed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So go back to 26. What we're reading before. Am I helping you? Am I, I, what I want to do to this is to whet your appetite to get your eyes to see well. And your, because you, hey, you, you'll be limited. Jesus said that my sheep hear my voice. Is it true in your case? Do you hear his voice? We are to hear his voice. His voice is supposed to be, is supposed to come to us consistently and continue to show us what to do. That is why we are born again. Because the day you are born again, your ears are open, your eyes are open. Everything concerned, your spiritual senses are awakened to the realm of the spirit. The one who is not born again does not even, he's not aware of the fact that there is God. Do you understand? He may, he may know that there is God, but he, he does not know the means to get to God. How to get to God is a problem. That's why they try in various ways and means and use terrible ways of, of doing things. If you think that oh, the spirit is not there or the, the spiritual realm, and I was trying to explain the difference between the spiritual realm and the realm of the spirit to some of our pastors recently. These are two different things altogether. The spiritual realm is different from the realm of the spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Won't you ask me what I mean? Ask me, what do I mean? <laughs> there's a spiritual realm, okay? There's, there's a spiritual realm. And in that realm, anybody can function there. Anybody. Have you ever seen Buddhists who can meditate and chant and levitate? Do we meditate in Udu? There's a religion of sound and light. Isn't it? And they'll be there and they'll be making some noise. They make a certain sound. Just to make contact with the spirit. And they do make contact with the spirit. But which spirit are they making contact with? (laughs) My brother said spirit of... Go to Voltaire and you see some of our brethren there cutting themselves with knives and they are not being cut. They'll chant and do some things and say some things, some incantations here and there and take a knife and cut themselves and it will not, nothing will happen to them. They'll give you the knife, pierce them. You pierce them and the knife will break. You cut them with the cutlass and they are still there. Oh, they <laughs> People are shot with guns and they just, the bullets just just falls off. Why is it like that? Because they've made some contact with the spirit. Which spirit? Not the spirit of God. It cannot be the spirit of God. They are functioning in the, in the, in the spiritual realm. They've gone beyond the physical. They've gone beyond their physical body. How come someone can make money with blood? With human blood? All you tell you is to bring someone. Just bring your daughter or bring your son. Let me cut off his head. You cut off his head. I won't do it. You cut off his head. Do everything. Bring the person. I'll sort you out. And they are able to make contact with the spirit. With the realm of the spirit. Sorry. With the spiritual realm. I, because of definition, I want to use my words very carefully. They are able to make contact with the spiritual realm. And bring money. Cause money to come to you. How, how does the money come? How, where does it come from? You've heard stories along this lines. You've watched too many Nigerian movies not to know what I'm talking about. The Bible says that there are lords many and there are gods many. 
There are so many lords and so many gods. There are so many thrones and so many dominions. So many of them. They are all in the spiritual realm. But the day we became born again, we are put into the realm of the spirit. Our involvement into the spiritual realm is, is in a particular way. It is the Holy Spirit who is engaged in our birth. Our new birth in Christ is done by the Holy Spirit. Is it not true? So when we say this, this, the realm of the spirit, as a Christian, when you say the realm of the spirit, we are not talking about the realm of the, we are not talking about spiritual realm, we are talking about the realm of the Holy Ghost. We are immersed into the Holy Spirit. In the Holy Spirit are realms. There are different levels. There are different stages of the Holy Spirit. Do you understand? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit. We are born of the Spirit. Which Spirit? He's talking about the Holy Spirit, not another Spirit. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. So we are immersed into the Holy Spirit. And whatever realm that we find ourselves in is actually in the Holy Spirit. Not, you know you can develop yourself in the Spirit to the point that when they shoot you, it will not touch you. Do you know that? There's this Muslim guy who got converted about seven years ago, but was struggling with so many things. He's one of he's become one of our brethren now. And they wanted to kill him. The Muslims wanted to kill him because he was, a, he was coming from a very highly, uh, highly esteemed family that was educationally uh, 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 very strong, academically very strong. The guy is a computer genius, and he's a, he's a, he's a, he's an authority in the Quran. He can use the Quran to prove to them that Jesus is Lord. And he was doing that when he became born again. So they wanted to kill him. So they sent people to go and kill him. In fact, they gathered, the whole of the community gathered to just excommunicate him out of Islam because of what he was doing. Okay? So they excommunicated him. But they wanted to kill him. So they sent some people to come and kill him. The guys came and in, they, just, they just put a sword in his belly. It went through his belly and came out this way. And they pulled it back. But there was no blood. Nothing happened to him. And he was still standing looking at them. Another person standing behind him tried to insert another one through his neck. He couldn't put it inside. He put it inside and then it just broke just like a pop. And they were, they were astonished. So they left him. They said, you, you, you went, you went. And then they sat on their bikes and left. Hallelujah. Why didn't that happen to him? Why didn't he die? He didn't die because he, was, he had been awakened to the spirit. He had gotten to know how he can control the body and prevent something from coming through the body. Isn't it amazing? Yeah. Story, so many stories. We have so many testimonies along so many lines. Someone was shot. He didn't die. The bullet hit him and came off, just like you have in the other place. But this time around is controlled by the Spirit. Hallelujah. So the spiritual is different from the realm of the Spirit. They are two different things altogether. The day you become born again, you are wicked. Your eyes are opened. Our eyes are opened. Our ears are opened. Okay? To hear. That's why it says that you are the sheep of my, you can hear my voice. Your ears are popped. Those, the, the ear that was blocked before is popped open. Hmm? I want to show you how it, how it happens. Okay, go go to Acts chapter. So this is one of them, John chapter ten verse twenty seven. It says, "My sheep hear my voice." This is Jesus talking. It says, "My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. They can follow me. I know them. They hear my voice because their sense of hearing is open, but their sense of sight is also open. You see, go to Acts chapter twenty six where we're reading. We can read verse sixteen now. Go down to verse sixteen. So, after Jesus appeared unto him, he gave him instructions as to what to do. Okay, he says, But rise and stand upon thy feet. He's talking to Paul now. For I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness, both of these things which thou hast seen, and of those things in the which I will appear unto thee. Verse 17. Delivering the people, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee, to open their eyes. Have you seen it? 
to what? Open their eyes. To open their eyes. Why? Because their eyes were blind. That's why I said the born again experience what causes your eyes to be opened. To see. The realm of the spirit becomes obvious to you now. You realize that you are you can now understand the word of God. You can now understand the Bible. You can now understand. You, spiritual understanding starts developing in you. You can hear God. Before you became born again, you couldn't hear God. But you, now, you realize that the soul of God is talking to you. You can relate to spiritual things. Is it true what I'm saying? Alright. However, just like you have in the case of a baby learning how to walk. Okay? Our Sense, spiritual senses must be developed with time. The spirit of man is complete. Man, spirits do not grow. You know spirits do not grow, right? Have you seen a spirit growing before? The spirit was one year old and is becoming, it became a 10, 5 after some time. There's nothing like that. Spirit is spirit. Spirit is not subject to time and space. That's why he's called spirit. The word spirit is air, wind, numa. That's what it means. If I say you are a spirit being, that means that you are air. You are not subject to time. You are not subject to space. You are not subject to mass, matter, volume. And you are not subject to any of those things. So how come we, are, we talk about spiritual training and spiritual development? What we are talking about is actually your, the, your soul being exercised to learn how to relate with spiritual things. That's what we are talking about. Do you understand? Your spiritual eyes are in your soul. Your spiritual ears are in your soul. Your spiritual understanding is in your soul. All those things are in your soul. The more your soul develops, the more your spirit gets the ability to express himself. Is it true what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? Just like you have in the case of the body. Okay? Can you imagine a guy who, a man who cannot taste and feel? He will not know when he's eating. He will not know when he's eating. Because he can't feel. Feeling goes beyond the, the, your, your body. Your outer body. It's, it, it includes your inward body. You know, there's an outer body. Your body is like a flat surface. Mm? Just encased. Hallelujah. Your, you know you can feel your intestine. Can you, can you feel when food is, the food is being digested in your tummy? Sometimes you can feel it. You can even hear the sound, isn't it? You'll be there in your stomach, you'll be doing... <laughs> is it true? Peristalsis is occurring. Things are happening inside. And you can, you can feel it. You can feel it sometimes. Can you feel your heart beating? You can feel your heart beating. You realize it's in there. If you take your time, you can hear it beating. So feeling goes beyond. It's not out. It's not only for the outer body. It's also for the inward body as well. Hallelujah. Your sense of spiritual feeling. You can have spiritual feeling. It's called discernment. Okay. Our spiritual feeling is called discernment. You can discern. You can know the presence of the spirit of God, or you can know the presence of demons. If only you exercise your sense, your spiritual senses. When we say spiritual training, we are talking about developing your spiritual senses. Your, your spiritual ability to see and know when God is talking. Can you hear God in a baby? You should get to the point where you can even hear God in a baby's cry. Hallelujah. Can you hear God? Yes, we can hear God, but how is your hearing like? If you notice, sometimes you, you act in a sense, you do something, you say God has spoken to you, you do it, and you realize that it wasn't God who was talking to you. Is it true? Yeah. It was just your mind that was talking to you. So exercising yourself in, a, in such a way that you can hear, you know when God talks, you know. You know. 
That's what we are talking about. Hallelujah. So even though our eyes are open and our ears are open, and our spiritual senses have been awakened to the own the spirit, we must learn, we must develop it. And there's a way to get it done. Hallelujah. It's my time up. My time is up. Hallelujah. I'm, I, it's intentional. I want to whet your appetite. You get it? <laughs> How can you develop yourself? You can develop yourself spiritually. You can train yourself spiritually. Okay? You can train yourself spiritually. Spiritual training is very important. You can train yourself to see. You can see. See into the spirit. Know what is going to happen. That's the job of the Holy Spirit, actually. Okay? Look at John chapter 14. I want to show you how it's too important. Or else you'll be limited. It's too important. My job today is to let you see how important it is. Because you know, you, all that I'll say after this, you know. You know it already. I've said it too many times. Just that you don't know the importance. That's why you've not been doing what I've been telling you. I, of course, you know I'm going to talk about the Word of God, isn't it? The way to train yourself spiritually is through the Word of God. Yeah. Through the Word of God. You know, a child, a child must learn how to talk or else he can't relate to his world, isn't it? You have a, you have a, you have a sense of taste, but uh, and your, your sense of tasting comes with your ability to talk. Your mouth is there not fully tasting, it's also to talk. Isn't it? Is it true, what I'm saying? You, you must exercise the ability to talk. There's a language of the spirit. There's a talk of the spirit as well. See, a child is trained, if he has to speak tree or Yoruba or Ido, whatever it is, the child is trained to speak it. Ga, ever, you are trained. Say, mama, and you say, ma, ma, he can't say it, but with time, he becomes very okay with it. In the same way, in another spirit, you must, be, you must learn how to speak in the spirit. Because there's a spiritual language that the spirit of God gives to you. The born again experience opens your eyes, opens your ears. When the Holy Spirit comes to your life, he gives you the ability to speak. He gives you a language to speak. What language is that? Speaking in tongues, isn't it? Why do we speak? We speak so that we can express ourselves. And so that we can fellowship and relate to our world. Is it true? In the same way, in another spirit, you, you, there's a language that we have been given to be able to express ourselves in the spirit. To communicate what, what is supposed to be communicated and receive, to have intimacy with God. We need the language to be able to have intimacy. With that language, we cannot have fellowship. If I come and I'm doing it, will you, will you know what I'm talking about? Maybe I'm asking you to get out. There's fire. There's fire at the back. It's coming. And I'm doing You don't understand what I'm saying? In the spirit, the same. That's what God communicates to you. And you must also communicate back. That's why he gives us a language. John 14. Let's read from verse 15. Hallelujah. Yeah, the tools for training. It's the word, prayer. The word, prayer. The next thing is what? Exposing yourself to the house of God. God puts us in a family to help us. Why is a child born into a family? Why do you think a child is born into a family? Why don't we? Why are we not just born into the atmosphere? You be walking around, you see a tree, by a tree, a child there. Hey! Then you take him. Is your, your child now? Is there anything like that? The child is brought into a family. Why? So that the child can learn how to talk, and walk, and relate with his world through his family. In the same way, God puts us in a family. 
Spiritual things must be learned in the house of God. The way to be trained, one of the major ways of being trained is the house of God. At the beginning of the day, I share something along this line with you, isn't it? And I focus on only the house of God when I speak about this. This I want to focus on the word and, and prayer. The word, prayer, the house of God. These three things are very important. They are the means to spiritual development, spiritual growth. If you want to train yourself spiritually, you need the word of God. You need prayer. And you need the house of God. Okay? It is if you love me, keep my commandments. And I'll pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. Why? Because it does not what? It says, seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. The world cannot receive him because they don't see him, neither do they know him. Because they are blind to him and they do not have knowledge, spiritual knowledge concerning him. They don't know. But we can see him. If he's saying they cannot see him, then we can see him now. If they cannot know him, we can know him. Why? Because he's opened our eyes and has given us spiritual knowledge. So we can know him. Now our job is to get to know him well. We, we, we have to develop, brothers and sisters. We have to. What did Jesus say about the Holy Spirit in John chapter 16, verse 7? John 16, verse 7, he says that it is more expedient. He says, it is good that I go. For if I do not, he said, never, I tell you the truth, it is expedient. It is to your advantage. Look at the Amplified. I like the Amplified too much. However, I am telling you nothing but the truth. When I say it is profitable, good, expedient, advantageous for you that I go away. It is good that Jesus went. Left. Because Jesus was limited to one place. The Holy Spirit, Jesus unlimited. Jesus being everywhere. It is more advantageous for you that I go away. For if I go not, because if I go not away, the comforter, the counselor, the helper, advocate, intercessor, strength, and standby will not come to you. But into close fellowship with you. But if I go away, I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you. And he has sent him and he is here with us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our job is to get into close contact with him. That is our job. Because he is our advantage. The Holy Spirit is our advantage. He says it's more advantageous for you that I go away. He is our advantage over the world. Because he's the one to help us train ourselves. When you're opening your Bible, it's not, it's not an ordinary thing. The Bible is not an ordinary It's a book to train your spiritual senses. Show you how to... How, for instance, for, let, me, let me give you an example. How... There are so many examples I can give you now. How? How could the children of Israel cross the Red Sea? Physically speaking, how is it going to be possible? How? They have to construct a bridge. Maybe through a ship, Titanic. Titanic can't take three million people. They'll be going in badges. Titanic. In badges, isn't it? And they'll be going and coming. Moses will be the captain. He'll just drive the thing, come and then go. Like that. So many trips. Then he gets all of them there. What did God do? God divided the sea. Is that physically possible? Even the ground was not where they walked on dry about they walked on dry ground and went to the other side. You know, some people someone said that oh the portion of the Red Sea where the, 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 the Israelites went through was two feet deep. That is makes it a, a deeper miracle. It, it makes it a bigger miracle because that same place where they crossed was that same place where the Egyptians tried to cross as well. 
and drowned. So they, they two feet deep water drowned them. How is that possible? This is Egypt. Egypt is like Egypt was like the America of that time. They have missiles, bombs. They have everything. It was in the form of chariots and horses and swords and all that. But they all drowned in there. How did how did that happen? So the physical man does not understand that. Hey, how did it's not this one is not in the it's not only biblical. It's not only in the but it's history. Everybody knows. Egypt know because they lost their people. They know, and it is in their history that this happened. If you don't believe the Bible, check with Egypt, you'll find out. And God intentionally preserved Egypt the way it is for all those years. Egypt has been like that in that place for more than five five thousand years. Can you imagine? Yeah, Egypt, Ethiopia, all those people, they've all been there all this while, preserved to date. Still with their history intact, so that we will know. God said, I'm doing this so that the whole world will know who I am. That this is me. That's what God said. And he preserved them, so that their history will at least tell when some people are saying, oh, it's not true. This. How could David have killed Goliath? It's spiritual, isn't it? All that I'm saying, they are spiritual. They are not, the senses cannot explain it. They are beyond the senses. They are beyond the senses. You may not cross a Red Sea. You may have a very wild situation. Very wild situation that is physically impossible to solve. But God can just do something and then that will be it. You go over and other people cannot come over. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. David did not fight Goliath. I saw, I saw a, recent, a movie recently. David and Goliath. And David fought Goliath with sword, like fought Goliath through sword. Goliath beat David, wounded him all over the place. David was so tired, and then finally he decided to take the 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 catapult, the sling. Finally, after he had been beaten and Goliath was on him and he was coming with the sword, he finally. Which movie is that one? Which movie is that one? Recently, just recently, I just saw a movie like that on TV. I was wondering. So when I saw it initially, I was like, ah, "Is this David and Goliath?" Because the guy looked very tall. And David was shot. So I was wondering, ah, is this David and Goliath? Then as a thing proceeded, I realized it's David and Goliath. The guy, they were fighting like Jackie Chan and the killer will be fighting. David just chant like that and then he would throw his leg and Goliath would hold it and put him away and hit him on the floor. He really beat David. It wasn't easy for him in the movie. They are corrupting things, isn't it? Yeah, and with time, that will become the norm. So if your children don't read the Bible and you are watching that, they will believe that David really fought Goliath. You know, he didn't. Just threw that stone. And God directed it. Went straight into his forehead. The Bible says that he did not, Goliath did not fall backwards. He fell forwards. How? 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 It's, it's against the laws of physics. If something hits you like this, you fall the other way, not in front. And the Bible says that stone sank into his head. It sank into his skull. You know, some people say they found the skull of Goliath some time ago, and the stone had gone through the skull. That thing was, the reason why they knew it was Goliath's head was because there was something like that there. Hallelujah. Spiritual things are very important because you see, the physical is, is influenced by the spirit. There's a, there's a higher realm that influences this realm. And if I were you, I'll function from there. How did that fourth man appear in the fire? Those, even when we were throwing the people into the fire, those who were throwing them into the fire died. They were bent by the fire. The guys fell into the fire, stood up, 
with their, with their ropes gone and were marching in the fire praising God. This, this is history. This is also, it's in, it's, 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 in, uh, it's in history as well. It happened. Live and colored. How did it happen? See, if you train yourself spiritually, you have advantage. You have advantage in life. If you learn to train yourself spiritually, your ears must be sharp to hear what God has to say. Your eyes must be smart to sharp to see what God is doing. Your feet, your spiritual feet must be, must be quick to know what God is doing and follow what God is doing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at First Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. Like I said, my objective today is to whet your appetite along this line. So that when I start sharing concerning the word of God, you take it very seriously. You don't think that it's something... Because the tool, the means, when you went to school, they, they, they used material to teach you. You needed to become an engineer. They had a curriculum. They had a course outline to share with you and teach you. And with that material, you became, a, you became an engineer because of two things. Because of the books that you were given and a teacher who taught you. Isn't it? Yeah. It's not different spiritually. You are going to be spiritually astute. There's a book for you. There's someone in charge of teaching you. And showing you what to do. That's why you have to be in the house of God. You see, before you, be, you became an engineer, you had to go to, you had to move from your house. Those of you came from Accra to school here. You had to move from your house in Accra. Come here and look for a house here. Isn't it? And go to the lecture hall where the lecturer is. Were you going to the lecturer's house? Or were you, was the lecturer coming to your home? Was that what was happening? There was a location, there was a place where you had to go to. For your education. Why wouldn't you go to that place where you need spiritual education? Meaning, physical education will do just something for you. It does something, but it's not, it's not much. Haven't you seen poor engineers? Haven't you seen engineers who are poor? Haven't you seen lawyers who are poor? Oh, those times it's like, law, law, if you want to be, if you're a lawyer, it's something. If you're a doctor, it's something. Haven't you seen doctors who are poor? Me there. My wife has plenty of stories along that line. Yeah. Doctors who are poor. Nurses who are poor. There was, this young, there was this guy who was smart. Smart guy. Smart guy. He knew. He knew. He was smart in his mind. I mean, the guy was smart. Very good student. Went to secondary school. Went to university. First class. Immediately he finished. They took him to for his, outside for his master's. And for PhD. Whilst he was in the midst of doing his master's, something in his brain just went off. Like that. You know, those people who, when they're in your country, you know that your country has a future. It's like this person, someone that they can bank, you can bank your hopes on. Like this person will do something great. Because he's a promising guy. He's, we know that he's going to do something remarkable for the country. Something just went off. In his brain. One of the wires just went off. <laughs> and no doctor could do anything about it. They sought for doctors where they couldn't do anything about it. Why? Life is spiritual. Life is spiritual. Yeah, life is spiritual. Haven't you seen some before? Someone's just moving around, doing everything. Everything is normal. It's strong, strong, strong. Everything is fine. Fine. My head. Ah, hey, my head. Ah, I'm dying. He's gone. His life has ended. I've just been told about a woman whose feet is just rotting. You know? They showed me the pictures. Her feet is just rotting. It's rotting to the point that it's the bone. You can see the bone. Can you, can you imagine? You can see the bone. Because something called diabetes has affected her. Diabetes. Where did that, where, where, what is that? Where, did, where is diabetes? Where is it? 
who is that person? If we meet him, we will do something. We'll have a meeting with him. Yeah, because the woman's leg is going. It's just going. I can show you the pictures. It's not a joke. Life is spiritual. Can the word of God in you fight against diabetes? Emphatically, yes. Can it cut cancer? Emphatically, yes. See, the word of God is like hammer. It's like a sword piercing. It's like fire that consumes. Can you do all those things? It can. Can God show you? See, the Holy Spirit is there to show you the future. He's there to lead you into prosperity. Why don't we bank our hopes on that one? Instead of letting our mind, using our minds to do everything, you know, what do you think about it? Every time you have something to think about, I have, I'm thinking about something. Thinking, Brother, if you were praying about it, it would have been better. This is for physical training. This is the first motive for it. For physical training, it's of, it's of some value. It's useful for a little. All the physical training that you can go through, academic one, everything, this is useful for a little while. It is. My was telling me about a very brilliant doctor who is now in the hospital. Brilliant doctor. Senior, senior doctor in the hospital now. And he's been there for a long time to the point that all his money is finished. Now they have to make contributions to be able to keep the person alive. Can you imagine? Is it monthly or weekly contribution of $5,000? Monthly, $5,000. And he's been in that state for a very long time. Is it possible for a man to live without falling sick? Is it possible? Without being sad? Is it possible? It, it is. But the means is not through any other. But through the Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit. See, physical training is of, is of, is of value. Useful for a little, but godliness, spiritual training. Since this spiritual, tra- spiritual training is useful and of value in everything and in every way. It's of you, it's useful in everything and of value in everything and in every way. For it holds promise of the present life and also for the life which is to come. It holds promise for this life and for the life that is to come. If I were you, I will not, I will not despise this particular one because this one is despised. It's despised. Say, read your Bible. Oh. Meditate on it. Oh. We say, listen to message. You should put the message on and you're doing every other thing. You're listening to the Bible. You're chewing, chewing up. Your focus is not there. It's, your attention is just, just 5% is here. What was that? The Bereans received the word of God with, with readiness of mind because they knew what it was. If you don't know what it is, if you don't know that it's the material for your training. We say, oh, when, when there's trouble, confess the word of God. It's called spiritual training. Confessions is not... It's, how can you confess for, for things to change? I just finished preaching concerning four important things, four important factors for change, isn't it? Do you see me talk about something physical? Everything I spoke about, I spoke about knowledge of the word. I spoke about what? Believing in it. Believing in what you, you know. And then what? Speaking the word of God. And not having patience. None of them are physical. Every one of them. The means of change is not physical. It cannot be physical. They are all spiritual. But you must exercise yourself along that line. If you don't exercise yourself along that line, it will not work. The child who doesn't want to talk will not talk. If you say, say mama, and sitting down looking at you, what do you think will happen? There's a language of the spirit. There's a way to get, there's a way to function in the spirit. Hallelujah. Yeah. One of the major ways of activating the anointing of God in your spirit is by confessing. It's the major way. 
when you start saying, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, even though you don't feel like it, spiritual training, you don't feel like you're the righteousness. But when you say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, it's the anointing of God in your spirit starts sparking up. Just, haven't you noticed that when, you, when you're confessing the word of God for yourself, you realize you are becoming, if you had doubt before, you realize you are becoming, it's like some fire bees coming in your spirit. Spiritual training. It holds promise of the life that now is and also of the life which is to come. Hallelujah. Say, I'll train myself spiritually. Say it again. I'll train myself spiritually. In the name of the Lord Jesus. God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314 or send an email to info at ChristWorldINC.com. God bless you.